It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at DDDNFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And it's just one heavyweight after another. And this is this is the Jesus, I would say, of all Packers reporters, if I can put it that way. He might take offense to that. I'm not sure how Rob feels about being called a Jesus. He's the Aaron Rodgers, let's say, um, of the Packers reporting world. It's Rob. It's Rob Domofsky, people. What's going Rob, how are you? Steve, you can call me whatever you want, my friend. I'm happy to be with you. <laughs> happy days. I don't know. I could get more outlandish. But Rob, look, um, it's no secret that we're fanboys of yours. Uh, we went over to Green Bay, and this is a true story, for week one last year. And we got media passes. We're sitting up in the press box. And the sight of you just caused us to have girlish um, sort of <laughs> tendencies. You know, we were sort of fanning each other. We didn't know what to do. Can we talk to him? Can we not talk to him? No, let's leave it. And then we went down and we sat in a room and Aaron Rodgers was talking. We were like, this is amazing. And then we saw Rob Domofsky again. We're like, holy God, there's Rob Domofsky. <laughs> I can't believe Aaron Rodgers gets to talk to him. And then eventually we plucked up the courage and we got a business card. And we've only just got the courage now to talk to you, Rob. So, look, I'm saying what I'm saying, not to inflate your ego because you won't get your head outside whatever room that you're sitting in now at the moment, but you're a big deal here at UK Packers. We love your stuff. We gobble it up. However, how in the world did Rob Domofsky end up being a reporter in the first place? Were you, you know, 12 years of age with the TV yeah. on saying, I'm going to report on this stuff one day? Or did you fall in backwards, kind of like Larry McCarron style? Well, first of all, you talk about heavyweights. Larry's the he's the man. Having to follow Larry is uh, that's tough. <laughs> he is uh, he's one of the all timers. So so you you got a good guess there. You know what, Steve? It's interesting. Uh, I I grew up in Chicago, which is you know about three hours to the south of Green Bay, but it's a world apart. I mean, here you have you know the big city of Chicago uh, compared to the small smallish. I mean. Green Bay is not as small as everyone thinks it is, but it's, mm. but it's different. It's, it's small uh, compared to Chicago. And, and I love sports. Uh, and I, I, I always liked the news. Like my dad worked downtown Chicago and he would come home on the train. Uh, and back then we had newspaper, we had like four newspapers in Chicago and I'd get a morning paper delivered to the house. And then my dad would bring the train home, uh, bring on a uh, paper home on the train when he'd come home in the evening, they'd have the evening editions. And I just love to read. I love to read the news. I was always fascinated by current events. Uh, a couple of a couple of major events of my youth, not even sports events, uh, you know, that really kind of shaped my interest in the news were uh, when when President Reagan uh, was was there was an attempt to assassination attempt. Yeah. And and uh, and, and you know the the hostage situation in Iran, and I believe it was 1979. And uh, and the, the space shuttle disaster. Uh, I was a freshman in high school uh, when when that happened. I mean, these are just events that um, you know sort of shaped my generation, but also piqued my curiosity from a news standpoint. And I I really I, I just I love to read all that stuff. And I, I didn't even to be honest with you, I didn't even realize until I was a little bit older that you can marry sports with news. Like, I, I mean, sure. I, I read, I, I mean, I read the papers. I watched the sports cast on TV, but you know, I didn't know anybody really did that. And then as I started to, to get into closer to, to college, I, I thought, uh, you know, that, that might be something I'd like to explore. And, 
So uh, how it works at a lot of our high schools over here is you go to a, a guidance counselor and you tell him what you're interested in doing. And he comes mm. back with a list of like 25 universities that have, you know, the program that you're interested in. And I picked out a few and went and visited a few of them. And, and ultimately I, I ended up settling on Ohio university. It's just in Athens, Ohio. Um, Peter King, a famous sports writer over here from Sports Illustrated, uh, also went to school there. And wow. uh, they had just had a great journalism program, um, sort of found my way into sports journalism from that point. Uh, I got a, a we had a they, luckily the university had a newspaper that was put up by the students five days a week, uh, totally student run. The first sport I ever covered uh, as a uh, as a as a student reporter was the women's volleyball team uh, okay. for, at the university. A little bit different, so, <laughs> Yeah, a little different. Uh, but eventually, you know, worked my way up to covering some of the major sports, football, basketball, uh, and, and then started a progression of working at some smaller newspapers uh, as I graduated college. And, and we were I was living in upstate New York uh, at a couple of years out of school, and I wanted to get back closer to the Midwest. Never really thought about Green Bay, as a destination because really green Bay and the state of Wisconsin sort of has this reputation. It's, it's, it's really where people from Chicago go for the weekend. You know, I didn't realize anybody actually lived here. Yeah. I thought it was just where we went for, for, for holiday, uh, as you guys would say. So, uh, I applied for this job at, at the newspaper in green Bay, Wisconsin, the green Bay press gazette, not knowing much about it, but Hey, this is uh, the Packers, you know, green Bay and, a chance to cover the NFL. I was young, 26 years old, thought it would be a great career move. Honestly, thought I'd probably stay here for three years and then move to a bigger city. And, and here I am 21 years later, having gone from 15 years at the, at the press Gazette uh, to five and a half years now with ESPN. ESPN decided, uh, oh, I guess about five or six years ago that they wanted to have someone sort of embedded with every team living in it that lives in, in the, in the, every NFL city. And yeah. they were fortunate. I was fortunate enough to receive a phone call that, Hey, would you be interested in covering the Packers for ESPN? And I mean, I look, I, I always thought I was going to be a newspaper guy. I do love broadcasting. Mm. I don't necessarily have the, I don't have the broadcasting look. I wasn't granted with the, with that, but they'll put. They, hey, just goes to show they'll put they'll put anybody on TV if they put me on. So uh, <laughs> I've done some TV and uh, you know and, and most of it writing and uh, and here we are here here we are. Uh, this is my this will be my I believe twenty second season covering the Packers. Showing your age now, Rob, and don't be so hard on yourself with the looks thing. For Christ's sake, it's not all about looks, right? Um, but that's what I was gonna. I was curious about that actually. It's funny that you raised that point. Is that you have this great style of being able to marry the information and the knowledge? Because obviously, NFL is a stat-based game, um, and there's not does it can be complete information overload, and you can turn a stat any way you like, and marry that with the narrative side of things. But because you were sort of so interested in the news growing up. I guess you don't mind then the approaching that sports sometimes from a very news like perspective and not doing these sort of not having to do a long form all the time about sort of a sob story about what happened in the player's past life. Do do you like that aspect yeah. of that information gathering? Is that fun for you to do or are there times where you just you sit down to write another one and you're thinking, oh, here we go again, having to delve into <laughs> stats and all this type of stuff? Yeah. You know, what's the, my favorite part of the job is Steve, it's finding out, news is breaking news finding out things that 
that, that, that no one else has reported on yet. And, and you know what, at ESPN, we're really lucky that we have Adam Schefter, mm. who is just, I mean, he breaks more news than anybody in the business. But, uh, you know, when you can get a scoop, we call it, uh, you know, that that's big. And the, and the idea of chasing down a story that, hey, I heard this is going to happen, and, and, and then actually being able to confirm it, and, and that that's the part of the job that I – that really gets my juices flowing. I do like to, I, I like to think of myself as someone who is, can sort of do a little bit of everything in this business. If I, I can write the, the, the heart, you know, the heart tugging feature yeah. I can anal I can, I feel like I can analyze, you know, why something happened, whether it was good, good or bad. And, and I feel like I can sort of chase the news down too. And, and ultimately in this day and age, that's sort of what our business has become where you sort of have to be a jack of all trades. Yeah, because you do get specialists, don't you, who deal with that Harfell stuff. But it, it, certainly from following your work now for a, a countless years and looking at your radio appearances, and in fact, in the, the research for coming into this slot, I was going back and listening to radio appearances that you've done from, from a while back, right? <laughs> the, Stalkerville, right? But going back and listening to some of the stuff, <laughs> and you'd be surprised, Rob, how how on the money you were about like the, the changes in the front office and what they do on defense. Uh, it's frightening how... I actually think that you have the possession of a time machine or something like that up there because the way you're able to sort of <laughs> pull it all together, but I suppose that's experience. But let's just hit on that sort of, you know, getting that scoop. Sure. How does that happen, Rob? I mean, how do you, you know, hear the stuff to begin with as rumblings? Are all, is all of that stuff yeah. kind of uh, released by the agents? Do you have to take it with a pinch of salt? And how do you then, when you get that rumor that you don't want anybody else to have, let's say, if that's the yeah. way it works now, I'm completely ignorant of the whole thing. How do you go about using your contacts to try confirm that that's the case? Yeah, so I, I just, it, it's it's a great question. Um, it's it, you know, agents certainly are a big part of it, but also, I mean, there there are people with the with the Packers organization that you get to know over the years, and and, and I'll just give you a little insight into sort of how things sort of happened from you know the end of this season when all those changes were made. Uh, we were we were uh, you know the season was sort of winding down. And, you know, you're sort of hearing some rumblings that, okay, there's going to be some changes that, you know, maybe, maybe this is the year that, that they change defensive coordinators and Don yeah. Capers is out. And maybe this is the year that Ted Thompson either steps away or is, is let go or, or something. So, so you sort of hear all these things. And, and, uh, and, and, and I also heard at that time that Mike McCarthy had gotten a contract extension that was never announced. So, yeah. Now, before you just run to, you know, Twitter or run to, uh, you know, ESPN and say, I have this, this is what I've heard, you need to get it confirmed. So you, you, you start calling people that, that you trust, uh, whether there are people in the organization, whether there are people around the league or, or agents, and you say, hey, look, this is what I've been hearing. Is this true? And, and, and then those people, either they, if they don't know, some of those people We'll say, well, I'll go check and I'll ask friends that are that work for the team or friends that that work for other teams, and you know, it, it's it's really interesting. Once you have a little bit of information, mm. people in the league want to know what you know, and so therefore they start calling around to try to they feel like if they give you something, you'll give them something, and and so it, it's a bit of a long process, a lot of phone calls, a lot of text messages. But ultimately, I was able to get somebody to confirm that all those things that, that I was sort of hearing mm. were true, that Mike McCarthy did get a contract extension. It was 
it was sitting on his desk uh, in the last month or so of the season that uh, Ted Thompson was indeed, that was the hardest one to get because nobody really would have, would say that, that Ted was going to be done. Uh, but Dom Capers, you know, was able to get some, somebody to tell me, yes, uh, they, they let him go, you know, the, the night of the regular season finale. So it's just, it's stuff that sort of, um, you know, it, it's rumors, but rumors become things that you check. And they're just, there's just as many rumors that you check on and turn out not to be true. Yeah. So uh, in fact, in fact, it may be more, it may, there may be more things you hear that are not true that are true. So you really have to be careful. And have you ever got a scoop that you were working really hard to confirm and someone else confirms it before you and you just miss out? Is it that dramatic? Is it that kind of movie style stuff that can happen to you? Oh, no question. And you're, you're just, uh, your, your, your heart just sinks when it happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I mean, that, that's part of it. I mean, look, I, you're not going to get every scoop. There's other, there's, and, and as you know, from being a Packers fan and, somebody who follows the team, there's a lot of media that covers the Packers. I mean, yeah. we have, we, we have a huge group of reporters. I mean, from the newspapers and all around the state of Wisconsin. So there's some really good TV uh, sportscasters that really do a good job in tracking down news to some radio people. I mean, this is a, there's a, this team is covered more uh, intensely than, than probably most teams other than, you know, maybe maybe the Cowboys and the Patriots have a have a, maybe a little bit bigger media core, but yeah, it's very competitive, uh, very very competitive. So you you know you're not going to win them all, but every one of them that you do, you feel good about, and every one that you don't get, you sort of you sort of you know it breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah, and do you know what? It, what we find uh, sometimes with dealing with players is is that it's very hard to get a hold of them. Um, is there a real tie right. up that you have to walk as a professional over there that you'll always, if you approach a player, for instance, they might go, oh, here's Domofsky again, looking for the, you know, for a story or for right. a headline. Is right. it hard to sort of walk that tightrope? Uh, it is a little bit, but, it, you know, it's just like any business, Steve. It's about relationships and building yeah. a trust, um, you know, between people. And uh, when they trust uh, you know, there's, there's a, there, there's a, and, and look, there's people in the business that will break the trust, but that's just, it may help you in the, in the short term, but it's going to hurt you in the long run. So yeah. I feel like, you know, I try to do, do players right. Um, I think they know I'll be fair, uh, that it won't be, that it won't become personal. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, and look, there's been plenty of times where I've written something that someone didn't like, but you know what happens is you, you sit down. And in fact, I'll give you an example from, from this season. And it's, um, and, and it's not that the player didn't like it, but here's what happens. There's so much out there that players will, he, they won't read everything or hear everything that you say on a TV or a radio show, yeah. but they'll have some friend of theirs say, Oh, I heard Domofsky, you know, did this. And, and it turns out not to be true. And I'll give you an example. Um, late in the year, I, I wrote a story on Devon House, the cornerback, who had in his contract that uh, that if he played in a certain percentage of the snaps during the season, that he would get a bonus. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was like maybe it was like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if he played in fifty percent of the snaps, five hundred thousand dollars if he played in seventy five percent of the snaps, or whatever the case may be. And I talked to Devon the week of the regular season finale and I asked him about it and he said, Look, yeah, I understand that the money is there, but it's more about pride. You know, I love the game. I want to be out there. I want to play. 
And I wrote that, I wrote that exact story that yes, there's this bonus money, but that's not why he's out there playing. Well, some, somebody said to Devon that I wrote that he was just playing for the money, which is not true at all. And so he approached me in the locker room and said, I thought we had a good conversation about this. And this is what I said. And I said, yeah, we did. And I literally, and thank goodness for technology, I literally pulled up on my phone the story and showed it to him because he hadn't read it. He only heard from some friend of his that, that you know either misinterpreted or whatever. And he read the story and he said, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's nothing wrong with that. And so, you know, we, we ended up actually having a better relationship yeah. afterwards because of it. Um, but, but yes, I mean, there, there are times when you have difficult, uh, exchanges with players and, you know, the one thing I will say about players and you're right, they're very protective. They're very guarded. But once you get a guy who has had success in his career and who has, uh, you know, has some security, Mm -hmm. then they're a little bit more willing to open up. I mean, look, a guy, a guy like Clay Matthews or Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams, he, he can say things that maybe some other guys can't because he knows they're not going to get rid of them. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. those guys are, those guys are the, a, they want to protect their own future uh, because there's so much money at stake and B, you know, it's all about the team. So, uh, but once those guys get to be where they're, you know, I don't want, no one's untouchable, but where they're more confident in their role, you start to get the guys to open up a little bit more. And that's where you get better stories. Yeah, and and again, I kind of you know I have a rough structure sometimes for how something's gonna go, but I'm sitting here with my mouth open just listening to this insight. It's fantastic. Let's stay on. Let's stay on that. I mean, I've noticed a certain change in Aaron Rodgers the last number of years, and I'd be interested to hear your take on it. That he seems to be a little bit more open because we have seen criticism yeah. in the media, right, where ex players have come out and said that he's uptight, and there's this whole Sophie's choice yeah. where they say, "Oh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers," and you know we had Greg right. Jennings actually on the podcast, and I made a noted point not to ask him which one he prefers because I just think it's <laughs> it's an unfair question. We've heard it all before, it and is. I know what his answer is going to yeah. be right. And I just I don't know. And yeah. being a Packers podcast, I don't want to go. Oh, let's trash Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I'm not interested in any other type of lark. However, yeah. I have noticed a, a change in Aaron Rodgers to a degree that he seems a bit more looser with the press. Um, he's putting his face yeah. out there a little bit more. Do you guys get the same from speaking to Aaron, or is this just something that I'm picking up on that is wrong? Let's say. No, I think I, I think you're accurate, especially when you compare it to early in his career. Where look, and, and I'll say this just about the Favre Rogers thing. Mm. Rogers came in and wanted wanted to be the anti Favre, like he wanted to be different um, yeah. from a personality standpoint. And you have to be yourself. And I I, I was told this, Steve. I, I remember the the first the day they drafted him. I was doing some you know research and talking to some people that knew him from from his childhood. And this person told me, he said, look he's not going to let you guys get to know him right away. That's just not his style. He, he's going to be guarded until he gets to know you guys. And, you know, he, he actually has become much better with, with those of us who have been around, uh, been around the team a long time. He will, he, he will get, you know, he will draw the line though. If there's something that he doesn't want to get into, you know, something that he thinks is off limits, that's it. You're not, you're not going to, no matter what you try to do, you're not going to get him. But I will say this, he has, your, your perception is correct, that he has become a little bit more uh, willing to open himself up uh, a, a little bit more. But look, he's, he, he's always going to be different than, than Favre in terms, I mean, Favre lived his life for everyone to see. Like there yeah. was no secrets with, with Brett Favre. And that's just not Roger's personality, but he is getting more comfortable 
in in the idea of uh, of being sort of uh, the face of of football. Yeah, we have a raging debate on the podcast um, about you know famous athletes and how much of their personal life ends up kind of bleeding out into the public, and is that a price you pay? Yeah for being a multimillionaire athlete or whatever. And of course, Rogers, and again, it it's terrible to see such huge commentary on it, but there's been stories out about girlfriends of his, there's been stories out about his family. As a media yeah. professional, I mean, what's your stance on athletes and their private life? And how do you approach it? Because obviously you have a great relationship with the players and if you release a story on yeah. their family, they're going to get annoyed about it. Yeah. I mean, what would right. your personal take be on sort of crossing that line? Well, first, I, I think you have to ask whether it's newsworthy, whether whether it matters, and and second, you have to then find out whether the player is willing to share that thing, and 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 if he's not, that that probably shuts it down right there to begin with, and and you know the other thing is I guess you you ask does it what does it matter in, in terms of affecting his play, uh, and, and I think that's all part of it too. But but look, these guys have human interest stories to tell, and yeah. if they're willing to tell them. You know that's great. For example, Ty Montgomery uh, told me a couple of years ago that he learned everything uh, he knew about football from his mother. And I said, "Well, that's really interesting. I've never I've been doing this a long time. I've never heard anybody say their mother taught him about football." So we start talking. What does your mom do? I start asking all these questions, and turns out he he starts telling me that his mother uh, basically it was a foster parent, basically adopted seventeen other children. And it just turned into this very interesting story about, you know, his family and his upbringing and, and his relationships, but it was, you know, it was sort of his choice whether to take me there or not take me there. And uh, so, so I think you have to sort of let the, the player do that. And another example, Mike McCarthy, I mean, you, you remember the story about um, when his brother passed away unexpectedly yeah. of a heart attack right, right after the NFC championship game in Seattle and he was very close to his brother, but but it, that topic was always off limits for for that was you know three four years has been off limits. Well, this fall, <clears throat> right before they went to play the Steelers, which is you know in, in Mike McCarthy's hometown, I privately asked if Mike would be interested in talking about you know what it's like going back to Pittsburgh and, and his brother, and he decided it was the right time. Uh, he he opened up about about losing his brother, what it means, what his brother meant to him. Yeah. And the story ran the day the day before the the night game out uh, out there in Pittsburgh, and it was just a you know it was a very well received story. But it was you know it was built on a relationship and a trust that McCarthy had that I would tell the story you know accurately, and just the the idea that it was finally you know he finally felt ready to talk about it. So I, I think you're at the you know you're sort of at the mercy of of the subject and whether they want to let you in or not and some guys will never let you in and, and and that's okay too and they were two fantastic stories and i think another thing that sort of pointed towards how close the the media were with uh the front office and coaches and players was when joe philbin came back and one of the questions that was mm -hmm. asked was how is this for you coming back after what had happened yeah uh, with your son and the way it was approached was i thought was perfect it was it was sensitive it was informative and it showed that everybody yeah. actually just cares for each other and no one's out looking um, for that headline but you get i suppose you get people rob that will speak about it and some people that just don't speak and the most famous right. of that would be ted thompson right and we've seen him yeah. sort of move on and gudekunst come in and i think i fell off the seat yeah. when i heard jordy nelson had been released but that's not what i fell off the seat over i fell it off when when gudekunst <laughs> says he was going to go to the media and talk about it that day i was like yeah. what this does not happen yeah. here 
What was the relationship yeah. like with Ted Thompson? Was it difficult? Was he sort of... Did you see often that he didn't like small talk? He was more into the scouting side of things. And w- from a media yeah. perspective, would you have hoped that he would have been more open? And, he is, and I know there's a billion questions in one, but bear with me, I'm Irish. Uh, and yeah. are you happy then, final part of the question, that Gudekunst is in and it seems to be more yeah. transparent? Yeah, look, from a, from a personality standpoint, I, I actually enjoy talking to Ted Thompson. Hmm. But it, that was before you took your notebook out and, and turned your tape recorder on. I mean, yeah. he, he was actually a funny, friendly guy. He just felt like that there was nothing to gain by telling the media anything when it pertained to his football team, his football players. He just, and you know what? That, uh, that's his choice. I mean, you know, his job is to win football games. And he, he felt like that there was, that, that in no way would it help them win football games by him talking to reporters. And you know, it's not ideal. It's not, it's not what, what I would hope for in terms of a reporter uh, trying to tell a story. I do think that he could, could have done more in terms of, you know, realizing that, that were the connection between him and the fans. I mean, that, that the media is still, I I know there's social media and, and all these other avenues, but but ultimately, the media is still the, the easiest way for people to connect with their fans. And I wish he had sort of uh, embraced that a little bit more. But, uh, you know, the other thing I think that, that it was difficult on Mike McCarthy, because Ted Thompson would make moves and Mike McCarthy would be left to answer the questions. And I know that was frustrating for, for, for Mike. So here we have a new situation and a new structure and I think that example that you gave of, of Gutekunst talking just a couple of hours after they released Jordy is a great example of, of it. You know, he, they address a situation, uh, they get it out of the way, because here's what would have happened if, if Ted Thompson were still in charge. They would have cut him, there would have been nobody available to speak, and the next time that we saw Mike McCarthy, which is next week at the NFL owners' meetings where the coaches and GMs and owners hang out, he would have been bombarded with questions about Jordy Nelson. And for all we know, Mike McCarthy didn't want to release Jordy Nelson. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving an example, I'm not saying that's the way it is. Yeah. So now he has to go and put himself in a position to answer questions about a decision that he didn't in theory make. So I, I think from a communication standpoint, it'll be much better for everybody. It'll be, a, I think it'll be a happier place for people to work because they feel like, there's some transparency there. Now they're obviously not going to tell us everything and that's fine. Uh, But I I do think it'll be, I do think as much as Ted did what he did to protect the football team, I think in some ways he made things more difficult in in a working environment because of those things that we talked about where, where Mike McCarthy and other people had to answer questions, uh, you know, on decisions that they didn't make. So, uh, I think, you know, obviously we're still learning a lot about Brian Gutekunst and what his, his, his role will be and what his, uh, what his decision-making thing will be. But so far, I think, it, you know, we, we had a chance to sit down at the scouting combine, and I say we, there was a handful of us reporters that cover the team. We got a chance to sit down privately with Gutekunst in a, in, in a private room for about an hour. And, and I walked out of that, that session thinking this is going to be – it's going to be good for the media. It's going to be good for the fans. Uh, and then sure enough, a couple of weeks later, he does what you said was he goes and has a press conference, which was, uh, which was very, I think it was good. I think it was good for everybody. It was good for the team. It was good for, for the fans. And it certainly helped us do our jobs. 
and it's 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 a very good way to put it as well kind of that um I don't know that it must have been difficult and did did the Packers admit that in a way Rob by changing the structure by having Gutekunst and Mike so. McCarthy both reporting the Mark Murphy do you think that's going to make much of a change you know that I think that's going to be really interesting to watch how it develops over over time but I think ultimately the you know Mike or Mark Murphy used the term silos there were silos built up you know but basically you know I, there was a lack of communication um from you know the Ted Thompson side of it so uh and and, and I mean I I think it's it's it's, it's unusual in, in the NFL where the general manager does not hire and fire the, the coach, that part of it's unusual. And that could create a whole new set of, uh, of problems down the road if that becomes, you know, necessary. Hmm. But I think if, as long as, you know, as long as the football coaches do their job, uh, I think it'll be better in the long run because there'll be more communication in terms of, you know, look, this is what we need as coaches. And this is what we hope that the personnel department gives us. Uh, but it's going to be, I, I'm sure there's going to be some things where, you know, they come to a decision and, and not everybody, you know, agrees. And then it's okay. Well, who's in charge, whose decision is it? And uh, it's a different structure, but, but I think, uh, I think it'll be a very interesting one to watch as, as major decisions come up down the road. Yeah. And we've had Mark Murphy on the podcast and he's like, you know, he, he's that kind of guy and we've had um, Gabrielle Valdez there and, and she works very closely with him. And she says that Mark is mm-hmm. just an excellent communicator that she's, he's really good at talking and it's great to, to work under a man uh, like him. And, you know, he's seen that way in the podcast. And from what I've seen of Gudekunst, he seems like a good communicator. So hopefully that all works out. Now, I'm very conscious that I've had you on for ages and I've just been, <laughs> uh, you know, mouth open in all stuff of, of the whole process. But I guess the fans also want to hear about, you know, what your take is on NFL free agency. Now, I yeah. know that it's very early doors. And had we graded Martellus Bennett last year, it would have been yeah. a home run knock at the park. Lance Kendricks as well. Oh, well, he didn't do well with the rounds because of X reason. And now he's with Aaron Rodgers. And none right. of that materialized. Do you see the similar danger with a, with a player like Jimmy Graham? Or do you think that this is different uh, for some reason? Yeah, it's a great point because I went back and looked. We, we, every time that, that a team signs a free agent, uh, you know, everybody wants to make an immediate evaluation. And, and so we do, we do, we do grades. I, I don't love the fact that, that we do it, but it's what our bosses want us to do. So mm. uh, I, I'm pretty sure I gave Martellus Bennett, the signing, a really high grade. Yeah. And as I'm sitting here trying to figure out what grade to give the Jimmy Graham signing, I, I thought to myself, <laughs> well, now let's try to be a little bit more. Uh, let's try to be a little bit better of a forecaster here. Uh, I think the difference is um, between the two guys that you know, Martellus was a difficult person to to work with everywhere he's been. I mean, there's a reason he's bounced around um, quite a bit. Now Jimmy Graham's this is now he's on his third team, um, but I've, I've never heard any of the. The, the things that you heard about Bennett, I never heard it. I've never heard any of that about Jimmy Graham. No one's ever said he's, he's difficult. If he's not getting the ball, he's going to complain, which are, those are things you heard about Martellus Bennett. So it probably, it probably fits the Packers a little bit better. And, and I had people over at, at Lambeau field that worked there. Tell me that he goes that they said, when we signed Martellus Bennett, we got away from the type of person that we typically like to bring in, you know, the, yeah. you don't hear things, you don't hear things from the Packers locker room 
that are controversial and, 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 you know, they like to keep things, you know, Greg Jennings had made the point and, and he used the term brainwashed, which was probably a little harsh, Yeah. but, but he, there is some truth to that. I mean, the, the Packers like it done the Packers way and not everybody can fit into that, which is fine. They probably made a mistake in thinking that Martellus Bennett would be a good fit for their locker room. And it just wasn't, uh, you know, I, I do like the Jimmy Graham signing, uh, I still think they need to, you know, they need work at, at receiver. They need a second tight end. I mean, I, you know, Richard Rogers probably won't be back. Uh, they still do have Kendricks, but I still think there's, there's some room for s- some additional playmakers there. I know everybody wants to talk about the defensive side of the ball. And how are they going to get better? I I've always said, Steve, that I wonder if you should just make your strength, which obviously in the Packers case is their offense and their quarterback, yeah. make your strength even stronger and don't worry about your weaknesses. So uh, I, I think they could still add a few more pieces to the, to the strength, which is the offense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And certainly I would subscribe to that because we all know, right, Aaron Rodgers play and his ability to improvise, which can also be a bad thing. And I've kind of raised that on the podcast before is that it can yeah. turn a positive into a negative because if he's improvising when the play breaks down, when you put someone else in there, they can't cope. And I think that's some of what we saw uh, with Hundley. Obviously, it doesn't account for it all. Yeah. Um. So and I, do you think we have the depth of wide receiver as it is? Because we've seen them try, you know, splash out for Robinson and uh, Sammy Watkins yeah. and all the rest. You know, do we do we have something in Geronimo Allison and Trevor Davis, or do we need to make a splash? Maybe not in free agency because I guess all the good ones are gone. Let's say, but yeah. you know, in the draft, do you see that being cornerback and wide receiver heavy? I do, um, and you know what, the Packers have had a lot of success in the draft with receivers, and not necessarily in the first round. The second, yeah. third rounds have been have been really good, and and you know, Greg Jennings, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. I mean, all those guys were second and third round draft picks. And, and and you don't necessarily have to take a receiver at number 14. And, and I don't think they will, but I also think they can get someone who can come in and develop and, and be a good player. I mean, I still think they they could use Ty Montgomery in a, in a hybrid receiver running back role because they have the other two young running backs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think behind Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, there's a lot of question marks, uh, but you know, Jermano Allison has got a chance. The guy to keep an eye on is that Michael Clark, yeah, uh, six six yeah. former basketball player who they they brought up uh, they brought up at the end of the year and, and, and caught a few passes. He dropped a couple also, but you know he's a developmental guy. Uh, you know Trevor Davis and, and Jeff Janis, if they do bring him back, are probably more special teams players. But yeah, I think they I think there's some pieces there, but there's also the need to add something. Yeah, and again, I'm super conscious again, uh, Rob, that you're gonna have to run off and, and do more of your uh, radio slot type of stuff, but. If you're listening to some of the Parker fans out there, we've already lost uh, the next season. We might as well not play because of the cornerback situation. Is it that, <laughs> is it that worrying? I suppose a couple of questions. Uh, Devon House, uh, did we bring him back? Uh, Kevin King, you know, he's he's had that shoulder surgery from some people that we've been yeah. hearing. He looks in great shape, but, I mean, great shape off the field again. It's very, uh, right. you know, predictive. So uh, are we as bad at cornerback, or do you think that with Mike Petton coming in and also the strength of the defensive line, that it will cause that pressure on the quarterback to make some stupid mistakes? So we don't need to be as strong as we perceive we need to be in the secondary. Yeah, I think those are good points. The other point I'd make is that they're not playing anybody today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. So yeah. there's still pl- plenty of time. Yes, the big-name cornerbacks are, are gone. I mean, there's no denying that. 
Um, I thought maybe they would get one of those guys. Uh, I think they could bring Devon House back at a low salary. I think they could bring Tremont Williams back. But but just for depth, Steve, I don't think anybody thinks those guys are going to play 800 snaps. But that's what Kevin King needs to do. That's what uh, Quentin Rollins uh, needs to do. That's what whoever they draft probably needs to do. But, you know, when I talked about making your strength even stronger, that's sort of what they did with, with the Mohamed um, Wilkerson signing. Their strength on defense was, was their defensive line with Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. And now they've added another piece to that. So, you know, it's sort of the idea of, you know, if you can add a really good football player, go ahead and add them. And if that happens to be at a position where you're really strong, so what? You just made it even stronger. So now they're going to add some pieces at cornerback and, you know, they're, they're going to, um, they're going to do some things obviously in the draft there, but if they can be strong at the defensive line, you know, and they can put pressure on the quarterback from that position, which hasn't really been a position that's done that in the past, the pass rush has more come from the outside linebacker spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, then, then maybe the, the, the weaknesses at cornerback, you know, can be covered up a little bit, but look, I, I would say when it comes to corner, First of all, Mike Pettin, I think, is going to have some new things scheme-wise. And second of all, they're not lining up to play anybody, uh, you know, in the middle of March. So, you know, we can sort of wait and see uh, what happens in, in April, May, June, July, and, and before, the ha- before they actually have to take the field in August and September. Exactly. We, we put out a tweet today to say, we'd just like to remind everybody, it's still March. <laughs> so, you know, people need to relax out there. But Rob, look, um, I know you have to go and it's been absolutely uh, spellbinding talking to you. I would love this to be Rob Domofsky part one of a 17-part series. So if uh, if you enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love to get you back on the podcast. But thank you so much for spending for sure. the time today. Yeah, we, we could probably have talked uh, for another hour or so steve and and look i didn't even get to ask you about anything that's going on over there so we'll have to uh we'll have to do that uh in a, in a future show well texts are going to be sent reminders are in the diary to get rob domofsky on and i'm pretty sure it's going to be one of our most popular uh podcasts ever so rob you're an absolute gentleman thank you so much for coming on well you're too kind i appreciate you having me and uh, look forward to doing it again